service. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Disgraceland is brought to you by Disgraceland All Access. Disgraceland All Access membership is your chance to support the show and get ad-free listening, an exclusive scripted episode every month, and exclusive bonus content every week, plus access to an always-on chat with me and your fellow discos. Visit disgracelandpod.com slash membership or just click on the link in the show notes for this episode. Good morning and happy Monday, Discos. Welcome to our newish weekly advance mini episode, the first communique of the week between you and yours truly. This place for us to set the table for all the things we're going to be discussing and listening to uh, for the week ahead, specifically this week's full episode of Disgraceland on New Order coming tomorrow, as always on Tuesday, as well as any and all music news relevant to Disgraceland and its many subjects. And of course, this is where we start the conversation that we continue over voicemail, text, social media, and in our Thursday bonus episodes. It is New Order Week here in Disgraceland. And in our episode on New Order, we kick things off as we usually do with a reference to the number one song in America, this one from September 20th, 1980. 80, the Diana Ross masterpiece, Upside Down. Love this song as a kid. Uh, this song was written by Nile Rodgers and Bernard Edwards from Chic, who we feature prominently in our episode on Studio 54. And I highly encourage you to go listen to that episode if you haven't right after this one. Uh, it's not just one of my favorite episodes. I just, I love disco. Do you guys know that? But beside that, uh, the Chic story inside of this larger episode on disco in Studio 54 uh, and the origin of their song, Le Freak, and how it all came together, one for the ages. Um, cool bit of trivia there, music trivia in that story that I think you're really going to appreciate if you haven't heard it. All right. Anyway, that whole thing with Chic happened a couple years before this Diana Ross song entered the number one spot in 1980. And, and, and I have breaking news. Another female artist just entered the number one spot on the current Billboard charts and knocked Morgan Wallen from number one all the way down to number two. But still, this is the first time, guys, that we've had a current number one song referenced in these here pre-party episodes that was not Morgan Wallen's Last Night. And I think, uh, you know, I think we owe Miss Olivia Rodrigo a round of applause. So, Sean, can we get a round of applause for Olivia Rodrigo's song, Vampire? Yes, yes, yes. There you go. There you go. Well-deserved. The song, uh, Olivia Rodrigo's song, Vampire, debuted this week and went straight to the top, baby. Number one. Number one with a bullet, as the kids say, or as the old dudes say. Uh, so, what's up with Olivia Rodrigo? I don't know. And I don't care. Because when it comes to the charts this week, we have a new order. See what I did there? New Order, the English rock band founded in the year of Diana Ross's 1980, was put together by another Bernard. This one, not from Chic, but this one from the ashes of the band Joy Division, Bernard Summer. 
That's right, Joy Division. You might think Joy Division is just a cool logo on a cool black t-shirt that you saw some cool kid wearing in the mall or on some cool show on Netflix, but it's not. Joy Division was an actual band and an awesome one at that until their singer, Ian Curtis, killed himself. And then Mr. Bernard Sumner here and his bandmates went on to found New Order and get into all kinds of trouble and make all kinds of cool music. Music whose influence is still felt today, by the way. All right. Also, did I mention cocaine? Did I mention the cocaine? Did I mention the undercover police stings? The intraband feuds that would make Oasis look like choir boys? All right, maybe I'm exaggerating on that last point, but nevertheless, this episode on New Order is packed full of drama. You're going to dig it. All right, it's coming tomorrow. Make sure you listen to it. Ask Olivia Rodrigo. She'll tell you. She's going to dig it too. She's got some time to chill now. She's in the number one spot. She can just sit back, pop those earbuds in, listen to Disgraceland, and look down those charts at Mr. Morgan Wallen. She can also look down at Luke Combs, Miley Cyrus, the whole lot of them. But you know who's coming for you, Olivia. You know who the next artist on the top 10 is that is moving up the chart and not down the chart? Yeah, you do. I think you know. I think you hear in footsteps, Olivia. You're like Bernie Kosar dropping back in the pocket with LT on the edge. You're like Saddam Hussein in the hole seeing CIA shadows pass through the sun up above. You're like Daryl Waltrip with the big E in his rear view. She's coming for you, Olivia. You know who. We all do. We can see her in the seventh spot on the charts, just beyond little Dirk, two back from Miley. But unlike those two, this one is moving up. That's all she does is move up. She's a fucking apex predator of a performer rocketing from the depths of the South African ocean set to breach beneath a seal snack. It's her, the one, the only, Taylor fucking Swift in her song Cruel Summer. They're coming for you. Her and the song. Both of them. She went from 13 to 7 in one week. Not hard to imagine a jump from 7 to number 1 now, is it, Olivia Rodrigo? You better double down on those Wheaties. I know I'm going to. I've been up too long and writing too much I'm in this fucking this fucking soundproof bubble here. I was lack of oxygen. I'm gonna take a quick break. I'll be back in a bit with some Disgraceland history on the other side. Okay, listen, if you're one of the few people out there who's new to podcasts, new to Disgraceland, new to true crime. If you have not already listened to the wildly popular and hysterically funny and informative podcast, My Favorite Murder, hosted by my friends Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark on the Exactly Right Network, then what are you waiting for? You got to check out My Favorite Murder in each episode. They're going to tell you stories about infamous serial killers, cold cases, incredible survivor stories. And listen, these guys are wildly popular for a reason. They have an incredible chemistry. They're hysterical. They're smart as all get up. And you're instantly going to feel like they're long lost friends. They've got great new episodes on the subjects I've already mentioned, but they've got this whole treasure trove of back episodes, including well-known stories from true crime and music history, like the deaths of Sid Vicious and Nancy Spungen, the murder of pop singer Selena, and now the infamous story of the cocaine bear. I've known Karen and Georgia since the beginning of my sort of foray into podcasting. They've been heroes of mine. I was on their podcast in March of 2022 to share my hometown story about a prison break party that I attended in high school. Uh, and they told me it was one of their most popular episodes. So you can check that out as well. Listen to My Favorite Murder wherever you listen to podcasts. Brand new episodes drop every Thursday. Hey, Discos, it's Jake here. Thank you so much for listening to Disgraceland. Your support truly means a lot to me, and it's because of you that my team and I are able to make this show. If you want more Disgraceland, if you want more regular interactions with me and the community of Disgraceland listeners, or if you simply want to listen to the show ad-free, go to disgracelandpod.com slash membership, or just click on the link in the show notes for this episode. 
For just five bucks a month, you can listen to every episode of Disgraceland ad-free. Plus, you'll get one brand new exclusive episode every month. You'll also get weekly unscripted bonus content, special audio collections, and early access to merch and events. There are two ways that you can support the show and become a member at disgracelandpod.com slash membership. You can sign up using Patreon and listen to the show ad-free on Apple, Spotify, and most other major podcast platforms. And Patreon members also get access to all the other perks of membership in an always-on chat where I'll be interacting with you and diving deeper into the world of Disgraceland. But maybe you're currently an Apple Podcast subscription listener and you want to just tap into all the bonus audio content and ad-free listening that we're offering. We're also offering this membership as a premium channel on Apple Podcasts. However you choose to join, all you got to do is go to disgracelandpod.com slash membership. Support the show for just $5 a month, five bucks, or sign up for an annual plan and get two months free. Come join me and your fellow discos at Disgraceland All Access by visiting disgracelandpod.com slash membership. Whew. All right. That was fun. I don't know where that came from. It just came over me. All right. We're back this week in Disgraceland Subject History on July 15th, 1972. Elton John's Honky Chateau became Elton's first number one album in the United States. Now, Elton John was never a subject of Disgraceland, but I was lucky enough to interview Elton John for what became a bonus episode of Disgraceland. Have you guys heard this? It's not in the archive. Do you want to hear this? Maybe I'll re-release it. 617-906-6638 to let me know if you want to hear my interview with Elton John and to let me know what you think your favorite Elton John album is. Is it Honky Chateau? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what mine is. I need to think about it. 617-906-6638. Let's talk about Elton John, right? What are you listening to? You get in the mood? You want some Elton? You know, nothing like living like lovers, rolling like thunder under the covers, that sort of thing. Uh, Let me know. 617-906-6638. What Elton John album is the album for you? All right. Also, uh, from this week in history, in Disgraceland history, Uh, July 16th, 1967, the Monkees headlined a gig at Forest Hills Tennis Stadium in Queens. I wonder if the Ramones were there. That's in New York. I bet they were. I bet bet Johnny Ramone was there. And a a little-known guitar player named Jimi Hendrix opened up. Uh, Jimi, and more specifically, the kidnapping of Jimi Hendrix is, of course, the subject of a recent Disgraceland episode. And I've known this forever, and some of you guys probably have too, but it's just hysterical to think of the Jimi Hendrix experience opening for the monkeys. Um, All right, also... Uh, from this week, from the world of disgrace and history, on July 17th, 1974, John Lennon, who we've covered extensively, was ordered to leave the United States in 60 days. He didn't. Then he got shot a couple years later, and that sucked. Uh, news, though, me and the Brain Trust over here at Double Elvis were kicking around episode lineups for next year, season lineups, I should say. And we found a brand new Beatles story to tell you, and I think we're going to do it, and that's going to make nine episodes on the Fab Four those dudes had a lot of dramatic shit go down. I don't know what to say. We keep, we keep going back to the well because the well does not empty. Um, I don't know what that equates to in total pages, though. Nine episodes. But it feels like I'm approaching a book quantity here. Uh, are we writing a Disgraceland book about the Beatles in public, guys? Is that is that what's happening? Is that an idea that we just had together? I Maybe should, I should release episodes as book collections, maybe. Disgraceland Beatles collection. Uh, Stones. Could do a Manson one. Maybe the punk stuff. 
some illustrations, cool packaging. I don't know. Feels like a good idea. Let me know what you think. 617-906-6638. Okay. Uh, one more. One more. Okay. July 19th. That's for this week as well. July 19th, 1954. Elvis Presley's debut single was released. Okay. It was a cover version of Arthur Crudup's That's All Right. That's All Right, Mama. And hot damn. Thank the Lord above because... All kinds of stuff happened after that. Uh, one way or another, it all led right to this moment right now of me talking to you in front of this microphone for a podcast called Disgraceland. But here's the question. Did Elvis Presley invent rock and roll, as I'm half-ass alluding to, and as some claim, or did someone else invent it? Ike Turner, Chuck Berry, Sister Rosetta Tharp, my friend Scott thinks Buddy Holly did. What? Jerry Lee Lewis. Who? Who invented rock and roll? Olivia Rodrigo? I'm talking to you. Call me. 617-906-6638. Let me know, Olivia. Voicemail. Text. Hit me up. All right? Let me know who you think invented rock and roll. Answers on the after party. All right. I'm moving on here. Let's uh, keep cooking through this mini episode here. Let's uh, see what's going on this week in the world of music and true crime. Okay, this is from... Uh, the metal scene, I think. I've never heard of this band. Have you? Nothing more? Do you know about this band? Their singer, Johnny Hawkins. How's that for a rock and roll name? Johnny Hawkins. It's a great rock and roll name. Uh, their singer, Johnny Hopkins, some not so great shit went down though, was arrested last year for running over his girlfriend in his truck. And the reason this is newsworthy is because the details of the crime have just come out in, in uh, court documents. This is going to trial, I guess. The details in the description of the crime, they read uh, like a poorly written episode of Disgraceland. I don't know what else to say. Uh, this is a serious crime, and the results of it have yet to be sussed out in court. Uh, but it's a batshit story. If you want more, I encourage you to head over to loudwire.com. Seek out the details yourself. Uh, you know, talking about these these things that are happening in real time, it's it's always tough for me because the stories have yet to be litigated. Um, oftentimes, the people who are accused have not said anything about what went down. They haven't had an opportunity to defend themselves. So it's hard to talk about these crimes with musicians um, as they're sort of still, the stories are still playing out. So it's not a cop out here, but if you want to go to loudwire.com, you can see what I found to be compelling about this story. You'll probably also tell why I'm not going into details right here. Uh, but let me know if you think this is something worth getting into. Are you a, uh, are you a fan of this band? Nothing more? Johnny Hawkins? You know these guys? I, I never heard of them. Um, all right, this isn't a crime. Let's move on. This isn't a crime necessarily. Uh, but I'm just warning you guys. I'm warning you right now. Adele is going to fuck one of you up if you throw shit at her on stage. Uh, that's basically her take <laughs> for the past few days. Uh, there's been this rash. I don't know what's going on in music, rock and roll, fucking pop music. This rash of incidents involving fans freaking out all of a sudden at shows and forgetting how to be fucking cool and throwing things at musicians. What's happening? It's happening a lot. You know, I don't understand it. Adele's not having it, and her reaction to this was uh, pretty damn funny. Anyways, the last music and true crime bit here uh, stems from the music magazine Billboard committing the crime of naming Outkast as the greatest rap group of all time. But we litigated this on the after party and on social media, and we all know it is NWA. All right? All right. Let's do some uh, emails here. Let's answer some emails. All right, this one from Shelly Waz. Shelly Waz, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Shelly Waz, the subject is Taylor Swift fan. Hi, 
I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan. I never listened to her until the whole Mike Gate uh, because I'm not a country fan. And at 18, I thought it, I was too cool. <laughs> we all did, Shelly. Shelly goes on to say, the second I listened, though, I was hooked. And she became a frequent rotation amongst all my favorite indie rock albums. What I most loved about Taylor is that every song she writes is telling a story you connect with relatable moments. Uh, can be primarily around heartbreak, love, loss, or insecurity. And then you keep listening to try and piece together what she must have been feeling on specific albums. Her music is catchy, too. Because of her insane mainstream success, I think a lot of people may overlook her, but with how multi-genre she is, I think there is a Taylor album for everyone. P.S. Morgan Wallen will never have her success. Sorry, had to say it. All right, I really appreciate this uh, thoughtful email here, Shelly. This is because we asked the question, you know, what makes a creator, an artist, what makes them able to just really, really pull people in and have people relate to them on this super deep level? And of course, we're talking about Taylor Swift because of the phenomenon we're seeing right now. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's great to hear specifically here from Shelly what you think. And, you know, uh, I, I agree with you about Morgan Wallen, but we shall see. All right, let's do some more here. All right, from Michael Murphy. Michael Murphy, Michael Murphy. Michael Murphy says, subject, my top 10 rap groups of all time. And the message at the top starts with, clearly anything Billboard puts out is going to be subject to even more bullshit than Rolling Stone. And that's saying a lot, so here's my list. <laughs> right on, Michael, right to the point. Number one, okay, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. So let's see. These guys invented cutting, scratching, looping, the party jam, hood politics, the song that is only there to hype themselves. And oh yeah, they also invented the art of the hip-hop feud, first with the Sugar Hill Gang, then amongst themselves. All right. Okay, hard to argue with that. Number two, NWA for the influence that made it all the way to the White House. I agree. Number three, Run DMC for inventing hip-hop swagger. Also agree. Number four, Public Enemy for the black CNN of it all. Number five, the Beastie Boys. Aren't their videos enough of a reason? I would agree. Number six, Wu-Tang Clan for giving us Red Man and Method Man, but especially ODB, Old Dirty Bastard. The other guys are pretty talented too. Number seven, Houdini. Well, someone had to put them in their top 10. <laughs> this guy rules. Number eight, Heavy D and the Boys. Likewise, I don't know if they outright invented New Jack Swing, but they certainly perfected it. Number nine, Salt and Peppa, because they have to be somewhere in the top 10. Number 10, Cypress Hill. Because just at the point in time that we thought hip-hop was going to be dominated by wiggers like Vanilla Ice, Snow, and Marky Mark, not to mention Gerardo, a.k.a. Senior Rico Suave. Along come these bong-smoking Latino thugs to set things straight once again. It may not be perfect, but at least you don't see Outcast at number one. That's from Michael Murphy. It's a great email and a great list. Right on, Michael. Dig it. All right. From Tanisha. Tanisha. Did I say that? Tanisha. Tanisha Perry. Subject. Suggested topic. Uh, keep in mind, I'm not going to read this anymore until I just say the following, because I don't know what I'm getting into here. I don't read these emails before I read these emails, if you know what I'm saying. Tunisia goes on to say, I've done my best to listen to all of your regular and after-party episodes to see if anyone else has suggested this, so I apologize if I missed something. I think Frank Farian and what he did with Millie Vanelli and Boney M on the side would be a great topic. Did Millie Vanelli make great music? We don't know. Because on November 15th, 1990, Rob Pilatus, one of the group's two frontmen, admitted that neither he nor his partner, Fab Morin, sang any part of their 1988 album, Girl, You Know It's True. Ooh, ooh, ooh. What came next is insane. 
<laughs> Tanisi, I love that you're kind of writing the intro here, including the press war for Ferry and failed attempts by the duo to prove that they could actually sing. Pilatus being arrested for making a terrorist threat and ultimately Pilatus' death in 1998 from a suspected alcohol and prescription drug overdose. If making history as being the only Grammy ever revoked because he didn't sing on an album isn't a disgrace, and I don't know what is. Rockarola, love from San Jose, California. Awesome email. You need a job writing for Disgraceland, Tanisia? That's uh, pretty thoughtful there. Um, yeah, Millie Vanelli. You know, they've been on the list, but you're really selling it here. And uh, I can get into this. We're putting together our slate of subjects for next year. So this is good timing. Thank you. Okay, let's keep moving here. Okay, from Carol Barrett. Subject says, Tupac, hi. Would it be possible to have five to ten minutes of your time to discuss your Tupac episode? Well, Carol, that's all the email says. And uh, to Carol, that's what we're here for. So, uh... Hit us up. Call in 617-906-6638. Uh, text. Dig the email, but sounds like you want to go a little deeper. So get in touch. Let's talk, okay? Uh, what else we got here? We've got one here from Nick Bertelson. It says, subject, the lost episode. Message. Can you please fill me in on why the episode was alluded to in season one and never released? I'm a huge fan and have nearly everything he's released on vinyl and CD. But I love the stories and folklore around his music even more. I have to know what you discovered or if there's an article or some sort you could point me to that might clear up what happened. I can't sleep. I can't eat. Please tell me what happened. I can't be the only one who was asked. Thanks, Nick. Uh, Nick, great question. Um, we were all set. Here's what happened. We were all set to release the episode. It was part of season one of Disgraceland. Um, as... The season came out, I started to get some press about the podcast in general, and there was a list of subjects that we were going to do that was on the website, and people started writing about the subject. So it came out in the press that we were releasing a music and true crime episode on And, um, you know, it, uh, his very uh, got in touch very aggressively and, uh, they uh, told me in no uncertain terms that they would basically ruin my life if I released the episode. Um, so, Nick, I hope that answers your question. I hope there's, uh, you know, I hope there's no, uh, I hope I don't leave any room for, for uh, any, any, any other further questioning there. But uh, there you go. Let's do a couple more here. I'm trying to do some more engagement this week because we took a week off on the after party and rap party last week. Uh, this one from Jonathan Ammerman says, uh, subject Phil Linet uh, message says, I love your podcast and I really appreciate your style of storytelling. I'd love to hear an episode about Phil Linet of Thin Lizzy. I would as well. Someone just accused me of not liking Thin Lizzy, a listener. Um, and that listener is crazy. That's not why we haven't covered him. I just haven't, I don't have an angle on, on how to cover Phil Linet. I'm not sure there's any, uh, any, uh, crime action there uh from bronwyn trail says subject beastie boys greetings from australia i love your podcast and how thorough your research is sorry if this has been covered and i missed it but have you done a beastie boys deep dive and would love to hear it and again you know cheers cheers bronwyn um same thing that i i would say to the last emailer is there's no there's no crime that i know of so 
probably tough to do to do that one. Uh, let's keep going here. I love the short ones here. This one from Kyle Herzog, subject GNR. Uh, message says, hi there. Just wondering what happened to the old episodes. I was trying to listen to the Guns N' Roses one, and it's gone. Well, Kyle, I'm pretty sure it's back. I'm pretty sure we re-released uh, that season, season four. If it's not, it's coming soon. We'll have all the previously archived episodes out before the year is over. We're getting close. Okay, from Steve Wood. Steve says, wanted to let you know how much I appreciate your show. Hi, Jake. I just wanted to let you know how much I appreciate and enjoy your show. And I wanted to let you know I work in the music management business. And I am involved heavily with the management of Joe Perry of Aerosmith, uh, the Hollywood Vampires, Marty Friedman, ex-guitarist of Megadeth and Godsmack, plus many others. Also, I can totally relate to a lot of the stories you tell us. During my career, I have worked with many of the subjects of your podcasts. And I only really just wanted to thank you for doing such a wonderful job. And I'll continue to listen to whatever you put out as I appreciate the amount of time, effort, and passion you put into this. Thank you, Steve. Fucking great, man. Awesome, awesome email. I appreciate that. It means a lot. Um, we work hard over here. Got a good team, and we're inspired. So thank you. Another one here from Alice Desifwiffy. I believe I'm pronouncing that wrong. She says, uh, love you and your podcast. I really do. But can you stop overusing the word cheese? I cannot. I will never. It'll never happen, man. Never. Dan Razor. All right. Dan says, uh, there's an acoustic guitar instrumental often used in transition in the podcast. What is the title of that song and who is the artist? Thanks for truly every episode. I enjoy it. Well, Dan, that's, uh, that's what we call a stem. It's part of the theme song. It's a it's from me playing acoustic guitar in the theme song. We just isolated the track, pulled it out, kept all that fucking cool delay on it and just used it as a little seg. So there you go. Capo on the second fret, C chord position down to the A minor position. Uh, go up to the C minor power chord over to the D. You got yourself a little segue. That's it. Again, don't forget the capo on the second fret because it's not actually a C and a D. I can't do the translation in my head right now, but you get it. All right. Uh, what else we got? What else we got? What else we got? I'm going to do one more. One more. This one from Ken Dow. Subject, four seasons. Message. Hi. Love the show. Just to set the record straight, I am the original bass player for the Broadway show Jersey Boys, and I can assure you that the show came first, well before the Clint Eastwood movie, which was based on the show. Keep on rocking, don't stop rocking. Ken. Ken, first of all, love Jersey Boys. Second of all, I apologize. What the hell did I do? Did I say that, did I have it the wrong way somehow? How would I have had it the wrong way? Did we even do an episode on the... On the fucking four seasons? I don't think we did. Um, if I get it wrong, I apologize. But, uh, dude, thanks for uh, letting me know. All right. This just reminded me here from Ken. I want to do one DM here. This, uh, you know, this reminded me. I didn't get to this in the after party. Okay. This DM is from Sean K. And she says, hey, Jake, love all you do. Love Frasier, Godfather, Jaws, etc. I'm a Hollywood, California native, and I want you to know. Uh, why haven't you done a Disgraceland episode of my dad? He founded and sang for a little band called Steppenwolf. You love classic rock? No? Born to be wild, easy rider, left East Germany as a kid with his mom undercover. Some good stuff. Just saying, I could be biased. Keep up the good work. Love it. Right on. Uh, yeah, Sean K., I'm into it. And uh, I'm into Steppenwolf. 
Love your dad's band. We'll see. All right, guys, uh, keep the emails coming. Disgracelandpod at gmail.com. Went a little heavy on the emails today because, like I said, we had not as much engagement last week. I'm trying to make it up to you guys. Um, I'm going to take a quick break. Back with some uh, results on my predictions from last week and some new predictions for the week ahead. All right, we are back. Thanks for the awesome emails. Thanks again. Disgracelandpod at gmail.com. Email me, whatever's on your mind, whatever. Um, I love answering them in here. It's so much easier than typing them. <laughs> so hit me and I'll get back to you or I'll try to anyways. Also 617-906-6638, voicemail and text. And I will answer your questions specifically. I, I'd like some answers though. I want to know who you think invented rock and roll and why. Give me a little sentence or two on why. Um, we all know the obvious answers. Um, obviously there's no easy answer, but you know, that's what makes this fun. All right. The nuance. Let's get into it. Let me know. 617-906-6638, uh, disgracelandpod at gmail.com at disgracelandpod on social media. Last week, my prediction, I said that Morgan Wallen would reign supreme in the number one spot on the charts. And I was wrong. This week's prediction, all right, Olivia Rodrigo falls out of the number one spot and she is overtaken by none other than Taylor Swift. Okay. You got it. All right. Let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this advanced mini episode up now that we set the week for us here in Disgraceland number one. Get ready for new order hitting your feeds tomorrow. In Disgraceland number two, I've got questions and I'm looking for answers. 617-906-6638. Who invented rock and roll? It's simple. Let me know. Don't say Taylor Swift. 617-906-6638 with your answers on those questions and to let me know your thoughts on the new order episode and or anything relative to Disgraceland. Hit me, discos. All right. New order this week on Tuesday. After party on Thursday. We're back on Monday with another one of these advanced mini episodes to kick your week off and to land this plane i'm gonna read to you the billboard charts from the day elvis presley died on august 16th 1977 number one don't give up on us david soul last week two peak position one weeks on chart 12 number two don't leave me this way thelma houston last week three peak position two Weeks on chart, 18. Number three, Southern Nights, Glenn Campbell. Last week, five. Peak position, three. Weeks on chart, 10. Number four, Hotel California. Last week, Saturday. Peak position, four. Weeks on chart, position. Number five, the things we do for love. Ten, number three. Last Southern Nights, six. Peak position, five. Quit talking and start mixing. Cut it.